0: And briefly, you guys already covered all the answers. I mean, you guys sound like you already have all the answers, but um, a few thoughts that I have about um, marriage uh, comes from, I think we're on coming up on 18 years of marriage, and I've dated her for another five, so we're probably one of the longest couples in the room, I'm guessing. So I'm long in tooth now. A um, couple things. The reason why marriage works is at least for us is patterning and I came from thankfully I married a woman who had a great pattern from her family and so her family of origin had a marriage that still made out still you know caught in the back seat of the car when we were teenagers making out so there was still an intimacy There's still a marriage that was patterned and so I think a lot of marriage is literally patterning so if you you know and so for, for example, you know, one of the reasons why my marriage worked great for a number of years when we were early married was patterning, was following certain patterns of marriage. The other reason was our love languages interlocked. If you guys have, you guys know that if your love languages are different, you've got to work hard at that. You've got to work hard at making those love languages come together. But if your love you just overlap, like you know, mine's physical touch and hers physical touch or mine's quality time, if you've got some overlap, then you can kind of get lazy and have a pretty good marriage just because of that overlap. Hmm. So if you don't have that overlap, then that's a red flag for you to work on that. Um, if you do have the overlap, then you have to have patterns. You have to get into habits, and that's what it's all about. Um, and one habit and one form of that we didn't really cover here <coughs> today one form of spiritual discipline and one form of intimacy uh, that is patterned throughout. I mean, throughout the, the Hebrew culture, the word sex was at, was the whole package. I mean, there was no sex and intimacy. It was sex. Sex was holding hands. Sex was kissing. Sex was talking about uh, doing the laundry. Sex was raising the kids. It was the whole... It was under the, you know, everything fell under in that that word, that idea, that understanding. Um, and one pattern, I, I mean, I hate to, br- I mean, one pattern is the spiritual discipline of sex itself. And, I mean, there are, I mean, we talk about intimacy, but that the actual act of sex is important for marriage. And so, you know, when I hear, I mean, I had a conversation with a, a guy at, at work who's this, you know, 30-something atheist guy, and he's moving... Thank God, close to Christ, and we've you know I bought him a Bible. And we're having some great discussions, and he's like, "Well, what about mar- what a joke marriage?" I want to joke, is, and you know I don't need marriage, and I got I've had a lot more sex than you have, and I'm thinking, really? I mean I you know I'm almost at once a day, and I make it an effort. I don't you know I'm older, you know, so sex is not you know it's intimacy for me. I actually like to cuddle now. I've, I've grown to grown into the patterns of my wife. So that I enjoy the communication. I can't wait to get home to tell her, wow, this is what we talked about and this is what we did. You know, I love the intimacy that I've developed over the years from the patterning. But on the other hand, I know that that is part of the deal. And she does too. So there are times when she's not in the mood, but she's like, let's do it. And it sounds crazy and weird, but it's just like someone else mentioned the fact that, like like you mentioned, when I first started, you know, I said, Brooke, I really cherish words of affirmation. Well, for God's sake, the first time she started to do it, it was ridiculous. It was, honey, I really think you are a good... God, I got this from Betty. Good provider. <laughs> you know, I'm really good at... You're really a good... Doctor, you're really good with the kids. I mean, it was a completely ridiculous list, but it still felt good, and it still meant something. Now does she do it? Yes. Now does she lean into it and love that part of it? Yes. And do I do? I do too. You know, when she text messages me in the middle of the day and it's completely chaos in the ER and it's like you are my hero. I mean, I melt. It's like wow. That's that's as simple as it is. It's patterns in marriage, and we can talk about that ad nauseum. And there's tons of them, but. Nonetheless, that was one thing I think is important to keep in mind, that sex is important and it is part of, um, and Brooke would be the first one to come into this group and say that. I mean, I think that she really says and honors that that is a part, that's a spiritual discipline. And you think, hey, you know, go home to your wives, but that's really something that needs to be addressed. Um, and then the other kind of defining moment in my relationship was also Matt mentioned was the Victoria's Secret. Literally and figuratively, you know the idea that you know we're talking, and it was at our old place. It was 1990, I don't know seven, and we were talking about somehow we got on the topic, and she's like, "Well, you don't look at that stuff," and I nine times out of ten lied and said, "No, yeah," you know, or just changed the topic. It's easy. Yes, I do. I was like, "What? "What did I just say? Why did I say that?" For some reason, I said yes, and it led to a conversation until three or four in the morning. About what I look at, when I look at it, what I'm doing with it—I mean, all this stuff that came out—and it was my—I was kind of holding on to this one last skeleton. It was like that one skeleton in the closet that—that that was mine, and I don't want to—I don't want to go there. And I don't—and when that last skeleton was removed, it was the trust opened up to a level that now, when she's like, "Oh, well, who was that?" there? "She sounded really cute," or you know, whatever, it's like, I don't know, that so-and-so. I don't care anymore. I, I no longer have a anxiety of like, oh well that sounds you know, I don't have any I don't have any skeletons. She knows I don't have any skeletons, but she still asks for that. She's still like, ooh, you know, who is that or why are you you know, she still feels that tension. We still argue sometimes about that, but there's this sense a peaceful smile overtakes me and says, You got it all, babe. There's nothing left in the closet. And I've so patterned my relationship on that defining moment in our marriage that the confessional has led to an intimacy and a trust that we've never had before. And likewise with men, I mean if you don't have one or two dudes, I mean I was at our last Bible study on Wednesday, and we're talking about, you know, this incredibly deep, rich, meaningful book, and we're just, you know, zzz, zzz, hovering over the top. Like, you know, it's not like when Gene and I have coffee and Jean really lays out what's going on. You know, that you need to have. You need to have you need to date your wife. With that. Don't go and, hey, you know, let's go see a movie and dinner and great. No, no, no. You've got you to take the hit. You've got to go in and run into the roar and say, how are we doing and how are you feeling about, you know, because Brooke mentions the weirdest, oh, well, I, I so much want to just like, just handle it. Oh, well, what do you think Noah should do in the summer with this? And it's like, just handle it. That's intimacy for her. So lean into that and say, how do you feel, what do you think, you know, how do you, you know, you got to process this stuff and, and run towards that because that's the real part of life that we're missing. We're missing that as men. We talk about the weather, we talk about, I mean, the whole, the superficialness of our culture is destroying us. So you got to date other men and you got to date your wife and you got to break down and open up the closet and say, here's all the skeletons, let's get them clean, clean them all out. Because then what happens once you've confessed to Christ and to your brother and to your wife, then you have true trust, true intimacy, and you have a richness to life that is astounding. So, um, and then I guess I wanted to end with the idea, besides confessional, is just the cross. I mean, I you know, I have a friend that is going through such a hard time in his marriage, and I shared with him, it's just, it's not about... Happiness. It's about holiness. It's about that idea of just reaching to your knees and not expecting. I mean, I'm going to go through this book with a couple men in my neighborhood, and we're actually meeting after this, um, The Love Dare. And the idea of The Love Dare, the first introduction is so powerful because he just talks about the fact like, well, first off, let's understand that if you're going to really do this love thing, it's love that you're, you're not going to get anything back. And if you've seen the movie that's what he does. And, you know, it's like they're on the brink of divorce and he's running through this journal and he comes to his dad and goes, "This ain't working. I'm not getting anything returned." And he's like, "You missed it. It's about Jesus. If you, you know, if you read Ephesians 5:25, it's like you've got to be like Jesus. That means dying. Are you willing to sacrifice it all? Are you willing to give up everything? And if you get that, reach that point, of willingness, then that's when you truly understand love and marriage, you truly understand intimacy, and it's a work in progress for all of us. But I think that if you are able to reach the cross and come to the cross, then you understand that, you know, even though you want something back and you're always going to want something back, that's that's part of the way we're wired. Whether you want to call it sin or the enemy, you always want something back. But the reality is you've got to go a little deeper and say, I'm willing to forego that something back for something greater, and that greater is sometimes you don't see it. You know, it's very painful and very difficult, but you got to w- walk on your knees to to really experience it. So, I mean, I think the verses that I, I thought of for us is Genesis 2:25. Purposefully, is are you truly, truly unashamed? Is the open closet has everything? I urge you and challenge you this week is open the closet up and truly be naked before your wife. It's very painful, very difficult. I was terrified because I was not really that far in marriage. Well, it's still terrifying, no matter how far you are in marriage, to just say, lay it all out there and think, what is she going to do? And she turned around, and, you know, 6 in the morning, she woke me up and said, I said, what are you doing? She goes, I'm calling Victoria's Secret, just canceled the subscription, and I love you, and we're in this together forever, and I forgive you. I mean, so that was really Christ-like to me. And I can't, I, I don't know what your wives are going to say if you go there, but it's important to go there. Um, so the Genesis 2.25, and then lastly is the Ephesians 5.25, which is the idea of if you want to be, you know, if you want to have a great marriage, you've got to be Christ-like, which is running in front of the bus. You know, it's willing to kill yourself. Are you willing to sacrifice everything, all that you are, for your wife? Um, I think that's all I have to say. That's the bus, the bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah.